Nassau, the blessing of love. I confess to a thrill every time I read these words. Tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you would have blessed the Israelites. Say to them, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and grant you peace. Let them put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. These are among the oldest continuously used words of blessing ever. We recite them daily at the beginning of the morning service. Some say them last thing at night. We use them to bless our children on Friday nights. They're often used to bless the bride and groom at wedding. At weddings, they're widely used by non-Jews also. Their simplicity, their cumulative three-word, five-word, seven-word structure, their ascending movement from protection to grace to peace, all make them a miniature gem of prayer whose radiance has not diminished in the more than 3,000 years since their formulation. In previous years, I've written about the meaning of the blessings this time, I asked three different questions. First, why priests? Why not prophets, kings, sages or saints? Second, why the unique form of the birkata mitzvah, the blessing made by the priests over the commandment to bless the people? The blessing is, God has sanctified us with the sanctity of Aaron and commanded us to bless his people with love. No other blessing over a command specifies that it be done with love. There's an argument in the Talmud as to whether commands must be performed with the proper intent, kavanah, or whether the deed itself is enough, but intent is different from motive. Intent merely means that I'm performing the command because it's a command. I'm acting consciously, knowingly, deliberately, in obedience to the divine will. It has nothing to do with an emotion like love. Why does this command and no other require love? Third, why have human beings blessed the people at all? It's God who blesses humanity and his people Israel. He doesn't need a human intermediary. Our blessing says just this, let them put my name on the Israelites and I will bless them. The blessings come not from the priest, but from God himself. So why require the priest to put his name on the people? In answer to the first question, Sefer Chinuch says that the priests were the sacred group within the people. They ministered in the house of God. They spent their lives in divine service. Their life's work was sacred. So was their habitat. They were the guardians of holiness. They were therefore the obvious choice for the sacred rite of bringing down God's blessings on the people. Rabbi Aaron Walkin, in his preface to his Matzah Aaron, offered a more prosaic explanation. The priests had no share in the land. Their sole income was from the matnot kuhuna, the gifts of the priest that was their due from the people as a whole. It followed that they had an interest in the people prospering because then they too would prosper. They'd bless the people with a full heart, seeking their good because they would benefit thereby. Rabbi Avraham Gaffney offered a third explanation. We read that on the consecration of the tabernacle, Aaron lifted his hands toward the people and blessed them. Rashi says that the blessing he gave the people on that occasion was indeed Birkat Kohanim, as specified in our Parsha. However, Ramban suggests that perhaps Aaron's blessing was spontaneous.
And perhaps because he showed such generosity of spirit, he was given by God the reward that it would be his descendants who would bless Israel in future. What then about the reference in the blessing to love? There are two different interpretations, that the reference is to the priests or that the reference is to God. The second reverses the word order of the blessing and reads it, not as who commanded us to bless his people with love, but rather who in love commanded us to bless his people. Read that way, the blessing speaks of God's love, not that of the priest, because God loves his people, he commands his priest to bless them. The first reading, grammatically much more plausible, is that it's the priests who must love. And that's the basis of the statement in the Zohar, that a priest who does not love the people or a priest who is not loved by the people may not bless. We can only bless what we love. Recall how the blind and aged Isaac said to Esau, prepare me the tasty food that I love and bring it to me to eat so that I may give you my blessing before I die. Whether it was the food that Isaac loved or what it represented about Esau's character, that he cared enough about his father to find him the food he liked, Isaac needed the presence of love to be able to make the blessing. Why then does the blessing for this mitzvah and no other specify that it must be done with love? Because in every other case, it is the agent who performs the maaseh mitzvah, the act of the mitzvah, the act that constitutes the command. Uniquely, in the case of the priestly blessing, the priest is merely a machshir mitzvah, an enabler, not a doer. The doer is God himself. Let them place my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. The Kanim are merely channels through which God's blessings flow. This means that I have to be selfless while uttering the blessings. We let God into the world and ourselves to the degree that we forget ourselves and focus on others. That's what love is. We see this in the passage in which Jacob, having fallen in love with Rachel, agrees to Laban's term, seven years of work. And then we read, so Jacob served seven years to get Rachel, but they seemed like only a few days to him because of his love for her. The commentators asked the obvious question precisely because he was so much in love, the seven years should have felt like a century. The answer is equally obvious. He was thinking of her, not him. There was nothing selfish in his love. He was just focused on her presence, not his impatient desire. There is, though, perhaps an alternative explanation for all these things. As I explained in Covenant and Conversation, Kadoshim, it was the priests who taught the people the specific ethic of holiness. The prophets taught them an ethic of social justice. The sages, as in the book of Proverbs, taught them an ethic of character. But the key to the holiness ethic is Leviticus 19, Kedoshim. With its command, be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. It is this chapter, the chapter of holiness, that teaches the two great commands of interpersonal love, of the neighbor and the stranger. The ethic of holiness taught by the priests is the ethic of love. And this surely is the basis of Hillel's statement, be like the disciples of Aaron, loving peace, pursuing peace, loving people, and bringing them close to Torah. That ethic belongs to the specific vision of the priest 
set out in Genesis 1, which sees the world as God's work and the human person as God's image. Our very existence and the existence of the universe are the results of God's love. By blessing the people, the priest showed them what love of one's fellow is. Here is Rambam's definition of what it is to love your neighbour as yourself. One should speak in praise of his neighbour, be considerate of his money, even as he is considerate of his own money, or desires to preserve his own honour. Blessing the people showed that you sought their good, and seeking their good is what loving them means. Thus the Kohanim set an example of to the people by this public display of love, or what we would today call the common good. They thus encouraged a society in which each sought the welfare of all, and such a society is blessed because the bonds between its members are strong and because the people put the interests of the nation as a whole before their own private advantage. Such a society is blessed by God, whereas a selfish society is not and cannot be blessed by God. No selfish society has survived for long. Hence our answers to the questions. Why the Kohanim? Because their ethic emphasized love of neighbor and stranger. And we need love before we can bless. Love is mentioned in the blessing over the commandment because love is how blessings enter the world. And why have human beings bestow the blessing instead of God himself doing so? Because the Kohanim were to be role models of what it is for humans to care for the welfare of others. I believe Birkat Kohanim contains a vital message for us today. A society whose members seek one another's welfare is holy and blessed. Shabbat Shalom.